Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. What's up, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen of all shapes, ages, sorts, and sizes? This is the one and only, well, at least in Middle Tennessee, Josh Belcher, host of the Uncharted Podcast. First and foremost, thanks to my very special guest, recording artist Raquel Aurelia, and bluegrass sensation Justin Moses are on the podcast this week. We had a big time talking with both of them. Great interviews, had a lot of fun stuff to talk about in the world of music entertainment so we'll get right onto that but first let me rattle my jaws a little bit and tell you that i'm absolutely scared to death because by the time this podcast gets to you on groundhog day um this year i am having my shoulder replaced my right shoulder my writing hand my throwing hand my whatever hand arm right shoulder total replacement had a couple of people say the dreaded thing to me with like what if it's like bill murray and you have to have that surgery every day of your life forever i only hope that that's not the case so prayers well wishes positive vibes smoke signals whatever you got going that you could throw my way positive anything i'm grateful for that because it's always a scary thing when they're taking parts out of your body and replacing them with foreign objects but it's been hurting for years i'm getting old 38 it's just time to do it. So that's what I got going on. And then uh, Caleb Plant, Caleb Sweethands Plant, the super middleweight boxing champion born in Ashland City, Tennessee, is defending his di- title against Caleb Truex on Fox. That'll be at 7 p.m. Central Time on Fox. It's for free. You can watch that. He has uh, defended his title. This will be the third time, and he will come out clean with the and still the heavyweight champion, the super heavyweight, super middleweight, sorry, tongue-tied, super middleweight champion of the world. So we're pulling for him. That's going to be exciting. Like I said, you can watch that for free. So without further ado, let's get on with the Uncharted Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Singing sensation Raquel Aurelia is on the podcast this week. She's got a brand new single called Reaching Out For You and a new EP in the works. We talk about that, a pristine award she just won, and a whole lot more. That's coming up next on the Uncharted Podcast. Here we go. Anyway, Raquel, first of all, congratulations. I was just snooping on your Instagram. You, not too long ago, like literally a few hours ago, won some, some award. Can you tell us about it? Oh, thank you. Um, well, I've been doing a lot of charity work with um, this company called Bravan Capital, and they're they're really a great company. We actually met through the internet, which is crazy how you meet everybody. But through yes. Instagram, they reached out and said they were doing a charity event and asked if I would perform. And um, so fast forward, that was in April, and uh, fast forward now to <laughs> 2021. I've done five events for them. Um, and so I've helped them do, like I get, I've helped them get all of their music together where I've, you know, got all the musical guests that are going to perform and, and got all that part of it, which, you know, is, is foreign to me because I usually just perform. <laughs> so mm-hmm, this sure. has been, you know, so, but I've done five events. They've been, they give back. They've done everything from like, right. You know, when all the, 
um, things were going on with the black momentum. And it, they did a big charity event for that and to support families. Um, like they gave like 50 um, scholarships to, you know, different minority um, uh, children in their area and different areas. And then they've done, they've done some for the Bravon Capital, I mean, Bravon Andrea Bocelli Foundation. And, mm-hmm. and then they did some for masks, like to distribute masks. So they've done a lot of stuff through this, you know, through these crazy times. So I've been a part of it. And uh, the last event I did with them with the Andrea Bocelli Foundation, um, I had no idea it was coming, but they presented me with the award for um, basically saying thank you for everything and this this award honoring somebody that has stepped up and helped. And it's more detailed, but, yeah, that was kind of it in a nutshell. (laughs) That was exciting. Well, that's awesome. Well, well, good for you making the most out of this uh, crazy time that is still – uh, it, it, it keeps on going. Uh, right before you called, I just saw how California's got another strand of COVID, and I, oh, you know, geez. I'm like, every time you turn around, it's you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm ready to get back to a day where that word is non-existent. <laughs> oh, I know. Me too. Where are you at? Are you what state? I'm in Columbia, Tennessee, just to hop and skip away from good old Nashville. Oh, okay, very nice. Yeah, we have like well, at one point we had the highest rate of COVID cases out here in Arizona, which is where I'm at. And um, it it is, it's pretty bad. I mean, I know, personally know like 20, over 20 people that have had it around me, including my 17 my year old son and my mom. They both had it at one point during the summer. Um, thank God everybody's okay. But yeah, I feel like everyone, I've had like three or four friends that have had it. I've, I feel like I'm playing Frogger, just <laughs> dodging it <laughs> everywhere yeah. I go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I can hardly wait until that time is over and we can kind of get back to normal again, you know? I know, just, just music, everything, just, just lacking mm-hmm. in life. One of the positives it has given me, I started this podcast uh, out of necessity to keep my mind sane from the pandemic mm-hmm. and because everybody's so idle, I have been fortunate enough, you know, with uh, Star Sessions yourself taking the time. And, you know, to that, that's got to be the only silver lining in this cloud, I think. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, it has. It's forced me to learn how to record from my house. And um, I've done a lot more charity events. And, you know, because they've all slowed down, you, you have to just figure out how to do what you love and um, or do something to keep your mind occupied, like you said. And and um, meet people that way. And I've I've met a lot of people um, had I might not have met had we not slowed down and everything just kept going on its own, yeah. you know, fast pace. So I'm, you know, personally very grateful for everything because it's forced me to um, to figure out, if, you know, like if you want to do things, figure it out. And, and like like even with the charity events, you know, I perform at these charity events as well and sing sing with um sing as well and it's you know it's interesting trying to sing with zoom it's not it's not it's not meant for singing it's definitely not you know (laughs) it doesn't sound that great as far as the quality of the sound like they haven't quite mastered that yet but um it is very interesting how we've all just kind of had to learn to do whatever it is that we want to do and to stay busy um you know some people have gotten in shape and some people have not gotten in shape (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean like it's me on that Well, I think sometimes it's hard because there's so like there's so many hours of the day. Like when before we'd be like, "Gosh, I'm just so busy. If I had more time." And now sometimes having this much time is it's almost to you go the other direction. Like you you don't get as much done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I think I've gone through all of it. You know. Yeah, it's it's, it's a process. Uh, speaking of the Zoom entertainment, I have a dear friend who does stand up, and he'll he'll do some things. He he aims more of the clean crowd, and he's a pastor and. 
he'll do like Zoom uh, uh, comedy shows, and I'm like, how do you do that without ha- hearing any laughter? And he just basically said, you know, he just goes through his routine just pretending that they're laughing, I guess. I don't know. I was like, That's <laughs> yeah, be that would be really tough because if you rely on that feedback for, like, motivation, I would think, <laughs> you yeah. know, just if you were singing and nobody was listening, you'd be like, okay, this is like a rehearsal. Yeah, exactly. um, oh, wow, yeah, I know. It's it's amazing, though. I, I do think it's, you know, it's a good time to shop music, too, because a lot of the um, a lot of the bigger recording artists are, are home, and normally they wouldn't have time to sit and listen, or, you know, they'd be too busy on their own stuff, and I think that right now is a really good time to be shopping your music because people are stagnant. They're not able to get out. So um, I'm banking on that. I'm like, just keep shopping my music. <laughs> Hopefully, one of these songs are going to hit, right? You know. So that and that's me. And like, you know, how we're talking about how you and I are sort of meeting here on the phone and having an interview. That's how I discovered mm-hmm. you. You know, surfing through the Instagram, trying to find uh, new things to to listen to and enjoy because it didn't like I can go out and you know, hey, you're you're at the Bluebird or hey, you're at Exit In or hey, you're at, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, Marathon here in Nashville. I have to go find it now. And and sometimes you know, I I, I find some really cool stuff like. You know, I really like your uh, song "Reaching Out for You." It's it's got like that nice dance Thank mix you. vibe to it. That's uh, it's kind of cool. And I learned you you did it with a guy named Cam Carter. I guess he's from Memphis. Uh, were you like, yeah, uh, yeah. Discuss how that came to be. I, I mean, I bet uh, the college kids are taking to it pretty well. Well, I hope so. We have, I just actually um, started promoting on college radio, which is which is really cool because we just literally maybe not even two weeks or three weeks ago started a promotion through college radio. Um, because I was hoping that that that, that um, age group, you know, the whole college crowd would really take this song. So long story short, Cam is from Memphis. I think he's in Memphis right now as we speak. Um, he was living in L.A. too, but I think right now he's home doing a bunch of different music. But So Cam reached out to me again through Instagram, another person, um, and just said, hey, you know, I've been listening to your stuff. You know, would you like to collaborate sometime? And um, I know he, was, he does, you know, he's a rapper, and so – we we you know we we went back and forth a few times and then finally I said well you know let's go ahead and talk so we talked a few times on the phone and different ideas and then um, I had found a beat that I really liked online and I said well let's do something with this beat and we'll stay in your genre and I'll write with you and we'll just you know we'll do this genre and and so the beat he loved it too and then he went ahead and went forth and got permission on the beat for us and then. Uh, we talked and talked and talked about what we wanted to write about, and because everything was so you know prevalent going on in the world, I just um, I said he said, well, do what you want on the hook and write whatever you want to write, how you want to write it, and then so we you know but we discussed it and really like you know like came together on an idea of what we were going to write about, which is exactly like never in a million years like imagining this going to happen in the world, but it, unfortunately it is, and you know it was nice because I wrote my hook and then right around my hook he went ahead and wrote. His lyrics and told the story from his perspective it came out really well and I'm so grateful that um, you know that we got to meet and, and collaborate that way especially when we've never met in person we've talked a million times on the phone but we've never met <laughs> that's no, the nice yeah. thing about social media you know you never, don't even have to meet and put a song out so I hope that people res- you know respond well to it because the message you know is about you know reaching out for something comfortable in these crazy times and um, and and how it's just it's just not what we would, thought we would be going through, but yeah, it does have you reaching out for familiarity and and you know with, with like human touch and human contact because <laughs> we're having yeah, yeah. 
be so far apart. It's just crazy. But yeah, so that's how that came about. And like I said, he does rap music, but he does he writes a lot of different styles. I think he's trying to like, you know, get a little bit more outside of just rap. But I think that's you know that's his specialty, and that's kind of why like with he and I mixing, it was kind of fun to do that. So I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah, I liked it too. I, you know, I got to see it there and give it a good listen. I was like, hey, that's you know, that's a neat collaboration and. You know, thanks Thank for kind of sharing the story with me. It's just interesting because you would have never known unless you told me that you guys weren't in the same room. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny. I, I when I first came up with the um, the melody, it, it that's what's cool about collaborating. Like, you know, you bring your specialty or your ideas, and and some people have different strengths. And when you're sitting in a room writing, it's so different. And when you're on the phone, I literally said. I hear a melody within the beat. I'm going to sing it to you. I went in on my Garage Band, <laughs> and I just, I just got on Garage Band, and then I just, I did a really rough draft of it, uh, like rough draft, like I'm writing a really rough mix, I should say, and um, and I sent it back to him. And he's like, oh my god, I, I would have never heard that because he doesn't, you know, that's what I hear, and like he hears something totally different. So it's yeah, really yeah. cool. So that's why, you know, when I came up with within the beat, it was really. It was really cool, and he loved it. And so then he just said, it and go in this direction and tell the story." But it's cool, even if you listen to his lyrics and what he wrote about, like you know, he references being six feet apart, and like if you really pay attention to the lyrics, it is really just what's going on in the world today. And it's kind yeah. of a cool. I think he did a good job with it. Yeah, very, very catchy and, and with a message. I like that. You got best of both worlds. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. And then uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit. You had me intrigued with this. You got an EP coming out of co- cover songs. I was just curious, like, like what kind of artist, what kind of music are you going to tackle in this new EP? Well, um, you know, oh, sorry, that's my dog. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Cool. Isn't that great? <laughs> I, with, yeah. I, I tried to, like, go in the only room where my pets weren't, and they followed me in here. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Now I can't get them out. <laughs> go on. Every single interview, no, I'm no joke, I, they've come in the room with me. No, so, I know. Um, my, dog, my dog's right here on the bed eating the bones, so it's all good. Well, they were, I thought if I let let them in, that wouldn't happen, but then she just yeah. got all excited. So, anyway, um, <laughs> now I forgot what I was saying. Oh, oh so, yeah. Yeah, the cover songs. So I figured what I would do would be, um, you know, just to like, because, you know, writing, we just released the one single and then I'm working on some other songs. But we've done, I've done a lot of cover songs for just, you know, just for entertainment purposes to release on um, YouTube. Like Danny's song, Titanium, um, you know, just we've done like uh, probably like close to like seven to ten songs already. So then we thought, you know, none of those are available. If you really liked it, there's it's not available to go like download. I mean, you can watch it all day on YouTube, but you can't download it as a like on Spotify or anywhere yeah, else. Yeah. So, so we just started thinking like, you know, why not just do like a an EP of cover songs, like maybe two or three at a time, and just you know release them that way. Or you know, we talked even about release them a single at a time because nowadays no one's really buying albums or EPs. They're just, you know, they strictly to the song they like and they download it and that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. So I may or may not release it as a single, like one at a time, but we talked about grouping two or three together. So I have two that are done and I had to re-sing. Um, it's kind of a bummer because all the ones I did on YouTube, I'm having to re-sing because um, it's just, 
it's a tricky process, but um, it, it's it's cool. I mean, you have to master them all together when you do an EP. So that's a whole different. Like you have to twerk a little twerk. Hello, <laughs> you got to twerk. Well, you can yeah, twerk. Yeah. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> you have to tweak them <laughs> and twerk. Yeah, um, you, you have go. to <laughs> you have to tweak them a little bit so that the sound sounds the same when you're mastering them all together. So it's a little bit of a process doing them together. And as we're doing it now, I'm kind of wondering should we just be releasing them single so it's easier. But yeah. So so far, I've got two in the works. We're, I'm going to re-sing the other one probably in the next uh, few days and then maybe do like three at a time. But, yeah, so far, we're, we're, it's just kind of fun because the songs that I love and, um, you know, I have to re-sing the other ones like we're going to do Titanium. Um, Danny's song is done. Um, Everything by Billie Eilish, uh, Landslide. So those are um, and then written in the sand, which I love. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're just trying to do stuff that's current and stuff that people really know and really like already. So it's kind of cool, it's just different renditions. Because I mean, I've done Dreams, my cover of Dreams, and thank God people have responded really well to that. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's my highest streams on Spotify. It's, people have taken to it very well. Thank God. Um, yeah, and I try to do at least one cover, um, an album just to throw a cover on there. Like I've done one, you know, Joan Osborne, One of Us, Love is on the Way by Saigon Kick. And then this one, uh, we did Dreams with, you know, Fleetwood Mac on the last album. So it's kind of cool to just throw in a cover or two. Yeah, it, it keeps it interesting, you know, because, you know, no matter what genre you're in or what, you know, you're aiming to do, everybody's a fan of something. So it, it's it's good. Yeah. To like and then there's, of course, there's songs you enjoy singing. And I like, I always <laughs> like, I'm the fan of somebody's different rendition of something, you know, so. I'm all about yeah. that. Found that very sometimes it's nice so you can find, like, sometimes I like the other, you know, the newer version of it. Sometimes I find that that happens. Like, I'll be drawn to a song that someone else did a certain way, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's such a cool rendition of it. So it's kind of cool that way because I like to hear the different styles that people bring to it in a little twist sometimes. Um, like with Dreams, we stayed pretty close to the original. I mean, I didn't want to mess with that one too much because it's such a classic. Um yep. But you know, it's just it's it's really fun, like you said, singing your favorite ones. But um, but yeah, so that's what we have in the works now, and I'm, I'm still working on um writing, and we're shopping. All this is going on as we you know continue to try to grow your grow your fan base and and everything you can do from the internet. Meanwhile, yeah, it sounds like you haven't slowed down a bit. You, I, I got a little exhausted just listening to all your projects. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's crazy. You got to do something, right? That's it. Hey, I don't blame you one bit. Uh, one thing I was looking on, on your bio that also really impressed me that I couldn't do, A, because I'm not a singer, but B, I don't think I'd have the gumption. You sing like the anthem and God Bless America at certain events, at pretty prestigious arenas and whatnot. Like, yeah. Like when I was talking about my friend doing comedy. That's just usually like you, maybe a little <laughs> bit of accompaniment and a huge mm-hmm. crowd. Well, I mean, it takes a lot to do that. I mean, th- I want to know your your process. I mean, you seem to capture it very well, but it takes a lot to do that. Like, uh, what are your feelings when you get out there and, you know, everybody's standing at attention and they're literally just all staring at you like, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so the first time I sang um, God Bless America, I sang it during a um, a playoff game at AT&T Stadium for baseball. Wow. Yeah. And so there was 48,000 people, and I was like, I would have much rather started the day and then enjoyed the game than sit at the game and die because I was like, I'm going to be so nervous sitting in the tunnel waiting to come out and they gave you the option of going to the pitching mound to sing or right behind the, um, the back, you know, like where the catcher is back behind where they, 
like right behind the fence and, and netting. And I'm yeah. like, oh, put me right there behind the fence, <laughs> which now I'm thinking, God, I should have went on the pitcher's mound. But yeah. um, at the time, and, you know, that song to me is easier to sing for me personally because I have a lower voice. My my range is slower. So uh-huh. to sing that a cappella, the hardest part was, you know, when you sing in a big arena like that, you get the echo. So you sing, and then five minutes later, you know, it feels like five minutes, it's coming around, and all of a sudden you hear yourself again, which can throw people if they don't really know or aren't prepared for it. Yeah. So I just plugged my I, – I had cotton in my ears, and then I even plugged my ears um, as best as I could while I was singing to not get that echo to throw me off. Um, so that was God Bless America, but then when I sang uh, the national anthem, that song always scares me because I've heard the most beautiful voices mess it up because – you, if you don't start in the proper spot, um, you could miss that high note. And um, I got a, I just did a rendition with a guitar player. I had him just play this one we had heard online. Um, and so to play the guitar real nice. And, um, yeah, it was in front of, I think there was about 16,000 at the wow. uh, Glen, Glendale Arena. And it, it was it was nerve-wracking. I'm not going to lie. It's, it was very, because uh, it's just you and you stand up there and everyone's all eyes on you. And it's, but it, it was Luckily, they both went well, and um, but yeah, I really prepared for the national anthem because I worked with a voice coach just to make sure I was going to hit that note and make sure my voice yeah. is ready. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. That's dedicated. Yeah. To Thank you. You were dedicated yep. to America. Somebody out there. <laughs> but I, I just thought about that, uh, you know, as I was reading your bio and everything, because you know the Super Bowl's coming up, and I was just like, man, those people that do that, they just they're on a whole another level of bravery. Yeah, when I was watching the um, the inauguration the other day with Lady Gaga getting up there, I was thinking to myself, how nervous is she right now? <laughs> you know, like to stand up there. I mean, she's such a pro, but I knew she would nail it. But like, just just the nerves getting up there, knowing like every single eye. You know, like there's so many thousands and thousands of people watching. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool though. It's a good. It's a nice. Uh, it's a nice rush, I should say. Like it's a cool thing to walk away and like, oh, I just did that. Wow, you know. <laughs> Now, I know uh, you spent a lot of time in Nashville, uh, in and out, probably mm-hmm. still do, but have you done one at a Predator game? No, no, I haven't. Um, I've never even been to a Predator game, which I want to do sometime when I go up there. It feels like every time I go up there, I've managed to miss the games. I'm, I think there was a game going on. There's been games that several times that I've been there. I just need to just make time in my schedule when I go to pick it a one. They look like they're a blast. They are. They, they've done so much to make, uh, you know, this little southern hub here a hockey town, and so far they've achieved it. And it's, it is a blast. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, and I always like the people that do the anthem there. It always looks like a fun place to do it. So, yeah. We oh, yeah. I, I would love to. I don't have any connections there. Maybe somebody will be listening. <laughs> maybe they'll, yeah, maybe they'll be listening. I'll sing God Bless America or something <laughs> instead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, but, yeah, um, I go to Nashville a lot. I, I tried to anyway before the pandemic I was going. I was there right before, I was there in February, and then the pandemic hit in March. So I had just come from there. Yeah. I, You know, after that pandemic hit and everybody, which is, uh, my curiosity got the best of me, which sometimes it does. I went to downtown Nashville about a week afterwards, and it was so uh-huh. sil- it was so silent that I was up there close towards Tootsie's and the Ryman, and I could hear uh-huh. the, I could hear the fountain over there at Skirmerhorn. That was like I'll never forget that. Wow, yeah. wow! Isn't that <laughs> wild? It's such a crazy thing to like think about. You know, when that town is usually just I mean that area is just booming. I mean it's just yeah. it's nonstop. It's beautiful. It's fun. It's like exciting and energetic and. It's like, you know, New York, same thing, Times Square, like to see it like empty like that. Like it just, it's just such a crazy time. But yeah, I, I love, love, love Nashville. And um, 
I love to go as much as I can. In fact, I'm trying to figure out, it seems like they're starting to do a little bit more, uh, a little more music now, um, now that I'm seeing on the Internet anyway. That it looks like they're starting to perform more live stuff. So uh, I'm not sure how it is over there, but like here, there's they are starting to get out a little more with live music. So I'm hoping to get yeah. back up there. I hear you. I'm just ready to go see some live music. Uh, I, uh, you know, I don't remember the last concert I saw, but I'd probably, you know, appreciate it a lot more if I'd known that would have been it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. Isn't that crazy? Like, I appreciate it now. Like, I have a friend who's performing, and um, he plays guitar and everything. He's really good. And he he was singing, I think, I don't know, probably about a month ago, he was singing somewhere. And it was like, he it was the first time like I hadn't been out to hear live music yet and it just was so like freeing because we were in this big area uh this had a big like lobby area place where he was singing at so it felt safe like you're safe enough from everybody but you were also like it was the most normal I had felt in a while like this is the closest thing to normal that like feels like you couldn't tell anything was going on outside of here if you didn't see people getting up going to the bathroom with their masks on and then sitting back down and take their masks off you wouldn't even know you know but it was so nice to just have that live music and just be like oh god here we go this you know we're slowly starting to get back there but um but yeah i do see on on the internet that nashville's starting to do more more shows so hopefully i'll be getting back up there soon yeah absolutely we can't wait to have you well raquel you've made my day speaking with me uh, let's tell people how to get a hold of you on your social medias, and then uh, and okay. I, I appreciate your time uh, talking to me. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, you can um, – all of my stuff is just with my name, which is Raquel, and the last name is Aurelia. So if you were to go to RaquelAurelia.com, um, same thing with Instagram. I'm under my name, Raquel Aurelia. Twitter, it's all pretty easy. <laughs> if you yeah, spell yeah. my name, we're good. And then, um, but, and then everything's on Spotify, you know. CD Baby, Reverb Nation, you name it. So everything's available um, on online. So yeah, you can catch all my music, Pandora, all that stuff. So it's it's out there and available. And uh, yeah, I'd love to say hi to people. If they heard this, I'd love them to come and say hello on the on Instagram or somewhere. Just say hi. Bluegrass performing sensation Justin Moses is on the Uncharted podcast this week. He's got a brand new album titled Fall Like Rain, available everywhere now on Mountain Fever Records. We discuss that and all things bluegrass next. Enjoy. Mr. Justin Moses, let me just start by saying, um, listening to this album Fall Like Rain, uh, being a kid growing up in Middle Tennessee, uh, dad's a bluegrass player. I've been exposed to it my whole life. I've often wondered, you know, who was going to fill the shoes of the greats, you know, just losing Tony Rice and people like that. And I, and I think you've picked up the torch and running with it, running with it very well with uh, Fall Like Rain. Just, just big fan. Thank you for it. Uh, great from beginning to end, like I said. Oh man, that's uh, that's I really appreciate that. That's awful kind of you. Yeah, just it's just kicking, dude. It's swinging. That's what we should say, like that that movie, that thing you do. That that was swinging. But um, yeah, just just enjoyed it, man. Uh, of course, I I know you hear it a lot, but uh, to me, Taxland is picking at it its finest. I mean, it could almost go in with a good uh, like a good uh, collection of songs on Spotify for like if you're on the treadmill at the gym or something. Uh, and I understand, you know, it's got Sierra Hall on it, who's obviously your missus. Uh, tell yeah. me about that song and who all played what. Just just a great, great tune. Okay, yeah, sure, man. Uh, I wrote that tune uh, a few years back. I was doing a, a duo set at Delfest and, and with Cody Kilby, and we had been working out some uh, 
some tunes, and I felt like we had a good set, but I still felt like there was something missing. So I just uh, sat down and intentionally tried to write a song kind of fast and something in in a, like a minor key. I was going for that sound, and so that's what popped out. And uh, uh, I was it was right during tax season, and sometimes you know you just you kind of just tag a name on a song to just have something to call it when, you know, if you say, let's play this song before yeah. you really name the song. And, and so that's just what got slapped on the, on the song and, and, and it never got changed. So it just ended up uh, being the name of the tune, but uh, yeah. no, on the record um, I had um, Sierra play it with me on the mandolin. Like we, after I had written that and done it in the duo show, Sierra and I both, uh, we do some duo shows together too. And um, it just, uh, as soon as we played it together, I knew I, that was probably the way it needed to, <laughs> to get recorded because you just uh, bring so much uh, energy and, and fire to it. And, and I just really enjoyed that. So it's me and Sierra both on mandolin. I had uh, Mike Cleveland play fiddle on that one. Brian Sutton's playing guitar and Barry Bells is playing bass. Yeah, it's just it's fantastic. And like you know, I'm glad you explained to me about tax land because here we are. Tax is about to come right around the corner. Just just perfect yeah. timing. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was probably literally doing my taxes ten minutes before or after or maybe both when I when I wrote that tune. Yeah, and here I am now. This year, I put it on in the background while I was trying to attempt to do my. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. Well, I mean, of course, fall like rain, and I thought that sounded familiar, but that's like that's like an Eric Clapton uh, tune, if I'm not mistaken. It's like a little homage to him, or or what made you decide yeah. to pick that? Yeah, it's absolutely Eric Clapton tune. Uh, well, again, a friend of mine uh, named Keith Garrett is someone who I contacted about songs because he he's written some songs I really like a lot. He's not uh, necessarily someone who writes a lot of songs, so I called him up and asked him if he had anything that you know I might be able to use, and and he he suggested that that tune to me. He was like, "Well, there's this Eric Clapton song I think would be good for you because uh, you know it, it, you know he thought it would fit bluegrass style stylistically, and then you know knowing my voice it was you know I tend to sing tenor in a, in a bluegrass band or something, and so he knew my voice." Was high, or I could sing high notes, and he uh, knew that song had that in there. So yeah, it was based on a suggestion from a friend, and I just took it and ran with it. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, great suggestion. That's uh, it's always good when you get something that turns out positive. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm blessed to have a lot of good friends in music that uh, that I that I draw ideas from. So yeah, no doubt. And that's another thing I was talking about. Some of the heavy hitters on this album, of course. You've got Sierra Hull, and I, I've always often wondered uh, when I found out you guys were a couple. When you guys married, did the preacher say, "Till death do you pick"? <laughs> Man, <laughs> we missed a big opportunity right there. Uh, I wish I would have had this conversation before that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah, I was like, that would be very fitting. But then you got Dan uh, Timnisky and uh, Sean yeah. Lane and uh, Dale McCurry. Yeah, uh, like. I understand, you know, you've, you've had a relationship with Dan and, and some of these other guys, but how did you get them all together for such a compilation? Because that's a lot of 
that's a lot of home runs for one baseball stadium, if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you know, so I played in a band with Dan a, a few years back, and then uh, it turns out that in the last year or so, uh, well, not this past year, but 2019 or so, uh, Dan decided to start doing some, some more bluegrass shows and kind of put a bluegrass band back together. And he called me to, to play some 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 dates with him then too and um so i you know i sort of had an ongoing dialogue with him at the time that i was putting this record together and gave me a good opportunity to have him and of course i was in a band before that uh before that in like 2018 with sean and so you know we had had sang some songs together in, in blue highway shows and i just loved the getting to sing with him and, and thought I wanted to capture that on record too. And, yes. uh, and, and Dale's somebody that, uh, has, I've just been around in the last few years a lot because, um, he and Sierra share, uh, management and, uh, and a booking agency and everything like that. So, uh, we've, we've gotten to play in a lot of the same places and, and, uh, and just got to be around them a whole lot and I've really enjoyed getting to, I mean, they're just so much fun to be, to be around, and and Dale's such a such a great guy in yeah. general. I just thought it would be so you know so fun to have him on this record, and and luckily he agreed to do it. So yeah, it's always awesome when it when it works out, uh, like I said, in your favor. But yeah, it was a great a uh, collaboration. I mean, the the album itself has been powerful without him, but then you know you bring these in reinforcements. It's almost too much to process. But like I said, uh, uh, what a gift a gift of a musical accomplishment. And even more impressive, you produced, mixed, and engineered this album? Yeah, well, I, I won't take all the engineering credit. I, <laughs> I engineered some of the – I engineered some of it, like, from yeah. home, basically. I did some of my own overdubs and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. a guy named Sean Sullivan did the uh, the main tracking session, engineering, and uh, a friend of mine who also co-wrote songs on there with me and, uh, and, and is just a good friend, Tom Utes, engineered – some parts of it as well, like he engineered the song with Sean and um, and some of my other overdubs and stuff like that. So I had a lot of help with that, but I did produce it and I did mix it myself. Um, I, I feel like it's one of those things I've been working at that for years and years, trying yeah. to get to get better and better at uh, at mixing and it's something I really enjoy. And I, I wanted to try my hand at it because I'm just so picky. You know, I would pick it at anybody else's mix, and it just seemed uh, like yeah. okay, if I'm going to be that way, I might as well just do it myself and and have other people critique me. You know, so yeah. that's sort of what I did. Well, the reason I was asking because you know, just doing that stuff alone and then playing the way you play and everything—that's like you've got to test it like genius levels. You're like one of those guys they put in a room and like does puzzles nobody else can do, stuff like that. <laughs> I wish that was the case, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another song I thoroughly enjoyed uh, was, uh, you know, Walking to Lebanon, which is in my blissfulness. I'm thinking of Lebanon, Tennessee, but you're singing about right. like the old uh, over there across the the pond in the desert, correct? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, because I was thinking, I was like, man, I don't know if I can see. I live in Columbia, Tennessee. And I was like, that'd be a heck of a walk to that Lebanon, let alone the one all the way over there. But uh, that's a great, <laughs> that's a great tune too. Uh, well, tell me the story behind that bad boy. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I did a trip with Sierra to London, England, in, uh, in support of her Daybreak record when she made that. And we, 
we were walking around town there, you know, in between doing press stuff, things like that. And we came upon a group of people protesting and uh, trying to raise awareness for what was going on in Syria at the time. Mm-hmm. And and so I'd never really, <laughs> you know, I come from a small town like Madisonville, Tennessee. Like that doesn't happen <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and so uh, it really made an impression on me, and it's something that stuck out in my mind for a long time after that. And of course, I I watched the news and I was trying to keep up with what was going on over there anyway. And I, I saw this new story about the, uh, a little girl that had lost her parents and and was trying to walk from Syria, uh, you know, a long distance to to Lebanon. And yeah. and that just it made a big impression on me that that news story did. And I, and we got together one day, Tom, you, Peter Cooper, and me to to write. And I wrote those two things up and. Between all of that, we uh, we we sort of put it all together into a song, and and that was the result of it. Yeah, and that uh, being the case uh, with the with the theme of the song, I wanted to have some, some sort of sound authentic to uh, the Middle East, basically. Yeah, if yeah. I could. And, and uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, uh, you did very well. That was a surprise for me because, like I said, I'm like, okay, Lebanon, Tennessee. I, I've been there. We've done that. <laughs> And then, yeah, and th- yeah, it, it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, I really enjoyed it, uh, you know, and I knew it had a deep meaning to it, and I just wanted to kind of pick your brain. But, yeah, that's unfortunate. And, you know, we as uh, spectators here in the world, even in our own backyard right now, but it, it really never officially hits you unless you, you know, you get the opportunity to see it up closer, experience it. And I felt like you kind of gave me an inside glimpse better than what, like, a one-sided media outlet would so thank you for that very very uh very oh well. sure you know, and that's the idea you know i didn't have a big agenda you know like for writing a song as far as yeah. a, a big message it's more so just here's what happened and here's the story you know yeah and, and that's what i prefer on any side of any spectrum i that's all <laughs> i really want i think most people do too just just give it to me you know plain don't don't sugarcoat it and don't add extra <laughs> oh yeah, yeah right right yeah yeah sure um let me let me ask you this because, uh, like I said, I, I being a bluegrass fan, I could have looked it up, but I wanted to. I'd rather to learn. Um, I saw you know you won a few times the IBMA Resophonic Guitar Player of the Year. What is a Resophonic Guitar Player? If I'm if I'm even saying it right. No, you're that's it. <laughs> you're <Okay>. saying <laughs> it wrong. Uh, well, it's more commonly just called dobro in the bluegrass community, and they changed it. Um, you know, in the last couple of years to just say resophonic guitar because Dobro is actually a, a brand. It's a, you know, Gibson owns the brand of, of branding on, on the word Dobro. But okay. um, it's just a guitar with a with a resonator in it and you play it with a slide. Most people play it, uh, like, you know, on your lap or turned up that way, you know, maybe yeah. with a string or whatever. And the strings are raised off of it, uh, not like a... a standard slide guitar where the strings are, are low to the neck but uh, they're usually raised and so that's uh that's that's sort of what it is it's a it's a more commonly known as a dobro yeah see that's what i've always called it and uh, uh i thought you were going to tell me something like somebody got offended at the name dobro or something crazy like that but uh, <laughs> uh, uh yeah, well to me, dobro it wouldn't be a surprise good. but it's but no, yeah. so far it's just uh, more of a, a branding issue, I think. I didn't know if there was some guy named Ebenezer Dobro that you know took offense <laughs> to it, or you never know. But anyway, 
Uh, yeah, I've always known it as a dobro, and, and it, it makes the most haunting and melodic sounds. And just uh, you almost hear the mountains in it uh, when it's played right to me. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, not to change the subject, but do you know who Les Claypool is, the bass player? Man, I have heard that name before, for sure. Okay, uh, remind he, me. Anyway, he's in the rock band Primus, but he does a little country outfit, like a side project. They're called Duo de Twain. And he has uh-huh. a do- he has a dobro bass. I've never seen, or excuse me, he has a resophonic bass, and I've never <laughs> seen one like it ever, other than the one he's got. And it sounds so wild. Oh man, that's that's really cool. I've, I've got a chance to see like a a banjo bass and like a mandel mando bass actually, but never a dobro <laughs> bass. Yeah, that's got to be pretty cool. Yeah, it just threw me for a loop. But yeah, thank you for bringing me up to speed. Like I said, I could have looked, but I thought. I was thinking something totally different. Like, uh, I didn't expect something like Dobro. I was thinking, is that like a different kind of string, like some kind of elixir string? Or I don't know. My brain was <laughs> overthinking. Uh, I I know I mentioned to you Tony Rice. Did you have any dealings with him? Like, uh, you know, I always thought he was the cat's pajamas, and then, you know, of course, he, he's passed. But uh, do you have any thoughts or anything about him, or did you get to meet him or anything? Well, I never – well, I did get to meet him sort of. Uh, you know, I never really got to play with him. Uh, the closest I, I came to him, I played a few times at the same place he did, and a couple of the times was, was uh, with Sierra when she was doing more of a standard bluegrass band. We played a couple of shows opening for him, and um, that was just awesome to, to even get to open shows for him. But yeah. uh, I remember specifically one night after one of them, you know, we went back to the hotel, and uh, for some reason, I went back out to, to the van or whatever we had at the time, and, and Tony was pulling in, and uh, I remember just telling, you know, like saying, "Hey, Tony, like that was an awesome show," or something like that, telling him I really enjoyed his show, and he was like, "Oh man, it was loose, it was loose." <laughs> so he, <laughs> yeah. it was just awesome to even get to, and and he signed Sierra's guitar, I think, that night as well. Um, Cool. And it's one that I I play a lot. It has his signature on it. But no, he's a absolute hero of mine in every way. Like, uh, you know, from his picking and singing to his song choices, and uh, just all the way around. Like he's somebody that I, I look up to so much and admire. And uh, he's gonna be. He was. It's a huge loss, you know, to the, to the bluegrass community to lose someone that's that iconic. Oh yeah, it all it always is. But like I said, and thought of it was when I got to enjoy your album for the first time, and I thought, well, the old guard has got to know if it's in good hands with guys like you taking the torch. And I, and I really mean that. I'm not just saying it because I'm talking to you. I I really have become a super fan, and uh, I really know you put your time into it. And it just it's amazing, and it, it's comforting because, you know, uh, if if it's not taken over properly you know it's going to be forgotten and, and you know i just think it's uh, one of the great uh, outlets of music that uh, can still be strong like for example uh isn't michael cleveland the young man who he's blind isn't he yeah 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 and you had him on your album i was so impressed with him the first time i saw him play it was like in smithville like forever ago uh-huh yeah no, he's, yeah oh he's an incredible musician he really is yeah just a you know just a to utilize, you know, all of his senses and everything. And just, uh, it just always amazes me when, you know, like with him or like a Stevie Wonder type, somebody that, and you, I just assume your senses will get stronger in other areas. But I saw him on there and I was like, I think that's that guy. And I was going to ask to make sure. And that's cool. Um, 
So performances during the pandemic, uh, how are, I mean, obviously you got this great album out. What are you, what are you going to do in support of it? Like are you doing uh, live shows online or, or are you going to tour? What's going to happen? Well, right now the it's, it's kind of touch and go and, and sort of, let's see how things play out. Like uh, I've not really got a whole lot of live performances lined up. It's more so, you know, I'm, I'm recording some things for different outlets and, and uh, people can be on the lookout for that. But, uh, and, and, you know, my thought is right now, since, you know, <laughs> me and Sierra live here together, um, I might recruit her to, to help me make some, some videos to put out on my own too. So, yeah. um, I, I, that's, that's on my mind right now. As far as touring though, there's not a whole lot of it, um, in, in our near future. We have a couple of dates, uh, up into April. And uh, and we're doing the the Cumberland Cavaliers, which you probably are familiar with. Uh, oh yeah, they're no doing, doubt. They're doing a a uh, an outdoor socially distanced thing in uh, in April, so people can look that up too. Um, but you know, uh, it'll be on our our website, SierraHall.com and JustinMoses.com. When you know, it's a little closer. And um, yeah, we we hope to at least be able to do a few shows as a duo and uh, and I'll you know be able to perform some of this music um if it hadn't been for the pandemic I probably would have tried to to tour a little bit more around this time just given you know the record release and and maybe maybe try to put a, a band together to, to do some things but um you know for right now I'm just just kind of waiting it out and and hoping for the best really yeah, absolutely, as as well as all of us. But, you know, at least uh, we can still, you know, guys like you can still make music for us to listen to and enjoy. And I'm very thankful for that. You know, even if we can't tour right now, at least we have something good <laughs> good to listen to. But, uh, you know. <laughs> well, that would that'd be my hope, yeah, for her. And, yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a creative type, it'll, it'll have you keep going. You'll find ways to do something. Uh, well, yeah. Justin, uh, I appreciate your time. Is uh, all your social media is relatively easy? Or are they kind of the same way to find you? Just JustinMoses.com dot com or Justin Moses Justin on Instagram. Yeah, and then and all the most of them are Justin Moses Music, like Facebook dot com slash Justin Moses Music, Instagram, same thing. Uh, on Twitter, I guess uh, somebody uh, I don't know somebody had Justin Moses, so I'm um, Justin Moses two. <laughs> I hear you. But, uh, yeah, it's all all easy to find. And that wraps up another phenomenal, fantastic, and fun-filled adventure of the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. I want to thank you once again, the listeners, because without you, there's no point in doing it. If you know anybody you think would be an awesome guest or you just have a question you want me to answer on uh, the podcast, hit me up at joshbelcher at hotmail.com. And I've got an Instagram account. It's called instabelcher. I like friends. I like posting on it. Uh, it's going to be my constant companion for the next couple of weeks after having this arm surgery. So please feel free to hit me up. Insta Belcher on the old Instagram. Uh, special thanks to my guests, Raquel Aurelia and Justin Moses. I had an awesome time speaking with both of them. I want you to have a great week. And remember, I love all of you for you and who you are and where you are at your point at this time in life. Josh Belcher, take care. Next time I talk to you, I will have a robotic arm like Iron Man or Robocop or one of those Terminator type things. All right, Josh Belcher out. We'll see you on the flippity flip.